Alright, welcome to episode 12 of season 1. We only have one more episode in this season, but you don't have to wait till the fall or for six months for the new season to come. We just keep recording, but the way that we're doing this is we're recording in themes. So this first season is kind of an overview of, of us and what we stand for and how Jenny does her one-on-one coaching. And, and uh, the next season, we're going to do all about weight loss. It's just emotional weight loss. And then season three is going to be all about depression and um, all the things, all the tools to address that. Uh, so today, though, we are talking about finding your voice and knowing your strengths. Oh, man. I think a lot of people go through life being told who they are, being told how to behave, being told what they should do, what they should dream, what they should want out of life. And they actually start to develop even some health conditions that are associated with this emotion of feeling stifled and thwarted, feeling like they can't speak, feeling like their voice is not welcome, their opinion is not heard. They were clay to be molded. They were. I really hate that term. You hate you hate that analogy. I hate the analogy of molding our children as if they're clay and and we're the ones in charge. Yeah. I like developing their natural gifts and talents. And let's let's say it's a kind of a lower principle. Like the true principle is molding our children in a way that is consistent with who they are and what God wants them to become, mm-hmm. not not taking on the role of potter. Like, we, we are, are, not, we the are not the potter. God's the potter. And, you know, maybe maybe we're the guy that's like pr- pressing the wheel, <laughs> the little foot pedal that makes the wheel go. But God in, ultimately is the one that forms and shapes. We are just, we're, we're facilitators, right? I've always just figured myself as a mentor to my children's development. And so... Again, if you look, think about what Steve just said, it's like we, we've all been molded somehow. And we were all molded at the hands of another human being yeah. or several. And so right. now we are getting the chance where we can re-wet ourselves and remold ourselves to whatever we want to be. Yeah. In fact, this morning you showed me a meme. Mm-hmm. I can't remember it now. And <laughs> you were like, Jenny, this is you. And the meme says, evolve so fast, they have to get to know you all over again. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have done a lot of remolding of myself. A lot of evolving. And it's, it scared people who thought they knew me. And they do have to get to basically reintroduce themselves to me all over again. But that's okay. Yeah. Because we all have a life purpose and a life mission, and we're going to live it out fully. Yeah. Now, so when I was talking about feelings of being thwarted and not having a voice... Let's, let's talk about thyroid because when you look into the books like You Can Heal Your Life or Feelings Buried Alive Never Die, the emotional root to thyroid issues has been this feeling of feeling thwarted, stifled, unable to use your voice. So would you like to talk about your experience in using your voice? Why? Because the doctor said Hashimoto's disease was going to be part of my life. Forever. <laughs> Forever. Yeah. It's been a very, very interesting journey to discover the voice discover that we have a voice, to discover that we um, have an appropriate way to use our voice. So for example, um, I am the oldest in my family of, of siblings, and I always felt like I wish I'd had somebody who was older than me who would warn me about what was coming down the pike. 
will come on in my life and give me a warning. Well, there never was because I was the oldest. So I played that role for my siblings. And you know what? They hated it. They despised all my efforts that I was trying to give them. <laughs> that They're like, leave me alone. I have my own journey. And I was like, what? And so what I discovered was due to my nature, I would chirp. I called it chirping. chirping. Yeah. where I would constantly want to be heard in a in the nuclear family setting and I would just pop things out and they were always insightful and relevant, but they were not asked for and they were not well received. And so Steve, um, in our lower vibration selves, <laughs> started kicking me under the table at family dinners. Shut up. <laughs> don't say, not shut up. No, you, you said that. <laughs> Well, no, I, I think the message, I think what I was trying to communicate, because I don't like the word shut up, but it, it was more like, just be quiet. Just don't say anything else, <laughs> which pretty much is shut it up. It was so <laughs> funny. It was like, just close your mouth. Just don't say anything. Funny, right? That that was the opposite response to somebody with already having voice problems to yeah. say, mm, now just, voice. now just don't, don't use, use it. Now just shut it down. Well, he was a, in, in all honesty, I know you're now feeling guilty. <laughs> yeah, I am. But in all honesty, it was sometimes we have to turn things off and reboot. Okay. So Steve wasn't stifling me. He was, and, and I always have a voice around you. True that. <laughs> I mean, he's giving me a voice through this podcast. I am. But what was necessary was knowing when to use my voice. And it was no longer necessary to use it unless it was being asked for. And so around my family, I stopped saying things and actually became quiet at family functions for a full three years and no one really noticed. And it was a beautiful three years. I discovered that I was a better person just sitting and observing and not engaging. And I was happier and life was going smoother. Like I was like, oh, is this what it is? And so for me... Um, even in social settings, and we'll get into this in the next episode, one of my strengths is literally to keep a tight circle and to be quiet. And so when we go and we're seeing friends or neighbors or church members, I always want to jump in the conversation. I always want to be friendly. And outgoing. I, and outgoing. Well, guess what? I married that so that I didn't have to be that because being that is not me. And I know some people who will listen to this and they know me. They're like, but Jenny, that's not true. <laughs> they're like, that's because you know me. That's because we're already friends. Because you're already in the circle. <laughs> We've already gone through that introductory phase. The awful, for me, the awful small talk. <laughs> like, we're can, in. <laughs> can we just talk about something meaty and just... Relevant. <laughs> Healing. <laughs> so, so for me, when the proper thyroid function is actually knowing when to rest and when to speak. Isn't that funny? My voice just cracked with speak. <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay for me not to be overly friendly or to be super smiley or to jump into conversations with people. Like I can really just be this cool, gentle river just walking on by. And if you want to look and peek, take a look in the river. Otherwise, I will just keep on going. Keep on flowing. And and this bright, shiny star that I married will stop and engage in conversation and will sit and listen and will enjoy the conversation, basically initiated by you. Mm -hmm. 
So you don't have thyroid problems, do you? No. <laughs> you but, have the same... I, but you taught me, based on one of the frameworks that we use, that there was a strategy that I had to use when using my voice. And this was kind of hard for me to, to recognize, but that I needed to, to wait for an invitation. Yeah, that was tough for you. I was like, what? I can't well, just share my opinion? Okay. <laughs> there's, there's two things here. One, we just said that you were really good at greeting people and initiating conversation. Yes. But you have stories to tell, ideas to share, insights to give, philosophies. And those are so meaty and in-depth that it's really important for you specifically to wait to get an invitation for someone who really wants to receive it. Right. And that became your strategy for using your voice. So it's really interesting that... Um, thanks, for, thanks for being my voice to explain that. That's really funny because usually you're mine. <laughs> <laughs> so think social media here. People, you're using their voice on social media, but sometimes it's not the right strategy. Mm -hmm. And knowing your best strategy is always important. Some people will look at my social media co-post and say, wow, I, you were really invited to do such and such and such. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sometimes God invites me to do something and I need to do it. And I might lose friends over it. But that's okay because I have value his opinion more. more than theirs. Yeah. And so the, the, the life will happen and you'll transition in, in and out of people in your life. And that's you just got to know that that's part of life. Yeah. So one of the strategies that has been important for me in terms of using my voice has been to to ask questions. I just ask questions about somebody until the point that they reciprocate and they say, oh, well, Steve, what about you? Oh, well, since you asked, then here I go. Yes, they asked me. <laughs> I got an invitation. <laughs> you know, so just this morning after I got done with my, my run, <clears throat> saw a neighbor, started chatting, just talking about different things. And, and the, the conversation was such that I'd ask him how things are going. And then he would ask me and and then I would share something, and then, but before continuing to share and share and share and over talk, then I'd ask him. And it was a very, you know, I mean, this is like conversation 101, right? Yeah. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that there are people, and I was one of them, who were too ready to jump in and give their opinion. opinion. Now, in the last episode, as we were talking about feeling truth in your heart, I decided to deploy this strategy at church because I love to share things in Sunday school. And, you love to pontificate. Uh, I don't not pontificate as much as let me give you something to chew on. <laughs> and there are a few people in our congregation who really value that. And they will tell me like, that was a really good comment you made there, Steve. <laughs> so thank you, Jeff, and a few others of you who are probably not listening to this podcast, but I just want to recognize you. <laughs> uh, and so what I would go the, what I found over time was that I needed to only share my opinion if I felt prompted to. So if I felt that swelling in my heart, you need to speak about such and such, then that's when I would say something. And, um, and then after learning the strategy, I was like, okay, well, that 100% confirms what I was doing at church. Like, hey, don't just speak up just to speak up. Speak up when you, when you are invited by, this, by the Holy Ghost, by, you know, by God, to just say, hey, here's, uh, here's another thing to consider. Here's my thoughts on this subject. So everybody has a different way of, of using their voice in a way that can be very powerful and, uh, and is consistent with, with their strategy. And then it affects how they influence people. It affects how they, it will, so we talked about how it affects their, their relationships, affects how, the person's health, 
affects their ability to influence people, affects their ability to make money. I mean, the voice is powerful. Mm-hmm. And there are some people who, man, I mean, somebody I love dearly, he uses his voice a lot. And but it's not always heard. But it's not heard because the, the... The audience isn't ready for it. The audience, well, I would say because there's too much of his voice and there's not enough of, hey, well, what do you think about this? And because he doesn't hear what other people have to say, um, then what he has to say is actually not heard as effectively as it would have been if he would just open his ears. Can we go one more direction with this? Yeah, go and- Okay, so let's do a little bit of brainstorming with them, Steve. Like, how do we teach each of our individual children to use their voice? Mm. Because we have seven. Yep. And seven kids all want to be heard. And if they all feel unheard, they're going to talk over each other. And then arguments will happen because everyone's not feeling appreciated, recognized, and loved. So let's go from top to bottom. So okay. our, our oldest, it has been very like, very clear to me that she doesn't speak up very often. But when she does, that we just... We tune in and listen. We tune in, we listen, and we pay her appropriate respect. Yes. It's like, okay, I am like totally engaged in what you have to say. Now, yeah. what comes out of a teenager's mouth? is always a little skewed from what an adult's reality is, right? So sometimes we just need to listen. Yeah. We don't even need to give feedback <laughs> need, on the accuracy of her statements. And we need to have like this very passive face, like, because she likes to read into our facial yes. <laughs> expressions she's while she's intuitive. talking. And she's like, well, you don't agree with this, do you, Dad? I'm like, what? Oh, crap. I let my face give away. <laughs> and it, when you listen to your kids, they're insightful. So here she is, graduating middle school. And she's coming home every day telling us what her teachers are saying. So when she's speaking out to us, that's her way of digesting information. A lot of people speak out in order to digest. But then, once we all had this COVID quarantine, she was speaking to her friends what was being spoken by us. And so it was very interesting to see this change of digestion and the change of audience for her. And so I love to listen. And again, like I've just told you, it was better for me to have a strategy of sitting and listening than to actually be the one speaking. So I listened to her, but that's been very important. So next in line, we have a 13-year-old our, our oldest son, son. And I find that I have to invite him to, to, to speak. So I'm always like, hey, so what's going on? What's, what's the latest and greatest? What's new? What do you, you know, what's, what's happening? Because uh, he doesn't readily share his opinion. Only when he's trying to tell someone what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Which he can actually do somewhat effectively if he doesn't do it in anger. Right. Right. Um, And I'm actually willing to admit that this is going to be a good point of pondering for for both of us. Because I don't think that we figured that out to a T with him. Hopefully, even our listeners know that everything we talk about (laughs) is a life experience. And we've still got more life to experience. Because I, I like to ask him for his opinion. Um, and I like to ask him what's going on. And, and so like he got home from a, a late night last, you know, last night with some friends and I took 10 minutes to, for him to just tell me everything that happened. Mm-hmm. Cause you know that if you ask him immediately after an activity, he'll be far more elaborate. Yeah. Whereas our daughter, she needs a full 24 hours before she's ready to talk about the activity she went to. Yeah. So you have to kind of know how your kids are wired. Right. And yeah, we teach... I mean, wow, if we could get into your families and be like, oh, we could teach how each each of you are all wired and boom, like yeah. amazing, amazing uh, realizations would come. 
with my with our next child, our daughter, she tends to um, to actually just kind of start talking without. I mean, she just kind of just talks, mm-hmm. and she doesn't even notice if we are paying attention. And so I actually had to pause a few months ago and be like, "Oh, she's talking to me. Focus. Pause and focus. Pause and focus." Um, because her way of talking isn't like a demand for attention uh, or, or not, not even a demand for attention. Kind of just like she people, gets a thought, she speaks it. Yeah. And some people have a voice that when they start speaking, everybody's like, what? <laughs> Let's listen. And that's our oldest daughter. But with our next daughter, she tends to just start talking and her, her voice doesn't call attention. We just have to tune in and and just pay attention while she finishes her stream of thoughts. Exactly. Now, we're going to leave a little bit of interruption noise in this podcast because you can hear a very loud voice calling right now. And this is our youngest son. And he is the storyteller. He loves to have your attention. He loves to talk about it. He loves to tell stories. And then when we're like, okay, that's a great story. Time to move on. But I'm still talking. But I'm not done. <laughs> and I need to keep going for another hour because I got your attention. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then going back up to our fourth child, another daughter, as a, as a little girl, and she kind of, she and our youngest son kind of share the same character trait where they're like, I mean, but as, as a little girl, she would say, listen to me, listen to me, like, listen to me. But that's how she said it as a three-year-old, listen to me. Because <laughs> that's what she was, she was like, please, I got something important to say. And we learned just recently that she has this strength that's significance. She wants to be viewed as as being kind of significant. Really good at what she's doing. Yeah. And so she, if she gets a lot of verbal praise from us, then she doesn't, doesn't chime out. Like she doesn't go, da, 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 da. If she's feeling insecure, then that's when you hear her talking a lot. Talking a lot. And then demanding, demanding attention. Or poking fun at other kids or controlling them and whatever they're doing. So it is really, really important. So you'll learn here that it's not just your voice, it's your ears. It's, they're yeah. always... It's a balance. Yeah, and then our middle son, um, he... He's quieter. He is much quieter. He kind of moves around the house quietly, unless he's initiating fun. And it's, it's he's younger, right? We're, he's six. Seven. Seven. Oh, crap. I think how where those years go. <laughs> and, and he's, he's such a quiet soul, but um, he definitely needs one-on-one. Like, pull him aside, bring him into my bedroom, nobody's around, let's talk. Let's play a game Let's work together. on your homework. Yep. Let's play a game together. And that's where he's going to start telling you what's on his mind. He's going to unload. Yeah. And it's always good to have a child unload in a healthy space than in an anger space where yeah. you're both triggered up. Yeah. And so then our youngest son, the storyteller, and then our youngest daughter, she um, doesn't like to be told what to do. And so that's funny. As, a, as a, the, the seventh, seventh. <laughs> she's like, I, I, I'm my I, own authority. Her like number one, what <laughs> number one sentence is, I don't need help. <laughs> <laughs> she's three, three and a half almost. I don't need help. I do, I do it myself. <laughs> but she just also wants to know that the kids are going to respond to her when she needs to tell them something. Yeah, like right? if she'll ask for water, and if it goes unheard, the two or three times that she asks nicely. And she's like, I need water. Listen to Or she's very good at telling the big kids um, something that I needed. So I'll say, hey, go have such and such sibling help you put this bag in the car. And so she's like, 
okay, she tells such and such sibling, help me put this back in the car. And they'll be like, well, in a minute. She's like, no, no, mom said now. (laughs) So it's just so interesting to watch both. This example was both for development, age development of, of the verbal, because the closer kids get to teenage years, the more they're suddenly able to talk about what's going on inside of them. I think they really get unlocked starting at the age of 13 and it comes faster and faster and faster. And so what you're going to do with kids at that age is late nights need to are sacred for communication. They open up at night. They'll yeah, just some talk time. and talk and talk at night. A lot of Actually, them will. I think all of them do. I mean, when we lay down with each one of them or have that moment when we're putting them to bed or we stay up later with our older kids we're sitting around the table and it's like 11 o'clock and everybody's asleep, but, but we've got tea older, and the three older ones are awake and we're all just kind of hanging out. Yeah. We learn a lot about them. So there's this age development, this age continuum, um, that's included in learning your voice. Now I want to end this episode on one story from a customer. Um, actually she's still a customer of ours, um, but we just don't hear from her very often. But at the time, um, she uh, she talked about one of her wounding experiences as a child where uh, her grandfather referred to her in this family setting when she was a little a little girl. I mean, probably older child, so six, seven, eight, nine, that age. Oh, the story. Yeah. And she told us about how her grandfather would say to her mother, to, to her mother does this thing ever shut up? Referring to this customer. And years later, I mean, so the problem, I mean, she was in her, I think she's in her early thirties, I think when we yeah. were working with her for a little bit, but she had all these chronic health conditions. Oh my goodness. So many. So many. And, it, and remember chronic health conditions are, the emotional root is self-loathing. Yeah. So she took her grandfather's words and applied them. She internalized she them. She yinned them and over and over and over again, relived that experience. And Could so, you imagine just subconsciously for this this person thinking the thought, "Do I ever shut up? Do I ever shut up?" Yeah, so sad. And then actually thinking, "Oh, well, maybe I just need to shut up." Mm-hmm. Or the opposite, you get so frustrated with the fact that you've been shutting yourself up that by the time you actually say something, you're now saying it in anger and frustration, and you're going against your strategy to use your voice. Right. So it was very key. In our conversations to say, no, you're wired like this, this, and this. And you are being you in your authentic self. Just because your grandfather had issues with his own voice and with his perspective on life does not mean you own his words and you live his words. Let go. Forgive him and forgive you. And let's start a new chapter of your life. Evolve so fast back into who you are. He has to get to know you all over. That's a great way to end it. Talk to you guys on the next episode.